Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Teachers Talking. I am Dustin here with my co-host. So good to be back. We have had a little bit of a hiatus as we got through winter break and the holidays, but we hope everybody is rejuvenated and had a wonderful new year and celebrated all of the holidays with your friends and families the way that you love to. And we're just really excited to be back. Gonzali, I am so stoked to be back talking to you. I feel like it's been so long. Me too. Yeah. Where did, where did the time go? <laughs> so today we are going to talk about semester two resets or doing a reset following your winter break. And so our episode is called Reignite, Refocus, Refresh Strategies for the New Semester. And we just thought this was a good topic for this podcast, just because we're coming out of winter break, everybody is maybe just back in school or just going back to school. And we thought this was a really good way to just kick things off and get us back in thinking about how we prepare for the second half of the school year. So Gazali, um, I, I guess our first question I'd like to ask is, how do you, re- how do you reflect on the successes and the challenges that you had during the first semester when you go into your winter break? Okay, so basically there are three main things that I do. Firstly, uh, I review my students' performances, uh, looking at how they did for their last uh, exam paper. Um, And from there, I look at things like the overall trends, uh, identifying areas of improvement, and of course, I look for things that I can celebrate the little, little achievements so that we can uh, celebrate uh, their achievements as well, not just focus on the negative stuff. Um, I use the quantitative data, um, such as the grades and assessment scores, and also qualitative data, because uh, my students do give me feedback on the class engagement levels. Second thing, I evaluate my own teaching strategies. So I reflect on the teaching methods and strategies that I employed during the semester. What would well? What could it be improved? Um, I consider the effectiveness of different instructional approaches, materials, and activities. I identify any patterns or trends in student understanding and engagement. Basically, I look at what worked well with my students um, in the classroom. And um, lastly, I assess the classroom management. I think that's very important. Something that we sometimes we forget. Uh, after many, many, many years of teaching in schools, right? We think that the classroom management is is there, but actually uh, you can see that certain things that we still need to consider, like uh, how do we make the environment more conducive to learning? And were there any challenges with any particular student's behavior and how we could improve or change things and do things different? What about you, Dustin? How do you plan for your during your uh, semester break? Yeah, honestly, I don't have a lot to add because I do almost the exact same thing. Um, I start by looking at the data that I have. Well, I would say I don't do it necessarily in any particular order, but I do look at those same three same things. I look at the data that I have. We, I've been in schools where mostly we do um, a benchmark exam every quarter. So I always have some sort of growth to look at from the beginning of the year to the end of the first quarter to the end of that second quarter. So I, I can actually look at standard-based growth based on benchmark exams. I also use the data on how things are going within my own classroom setting. 
Um, so I look at even student grades because I'm always thinking about any students who are below a C, quite frankly, I want to know how I can get them up. Um, and I want to look at even some of my higher achieving students and think about are there ways to push them more. So um, I use all of that kind of data. And then I also look at my own teaching practices. Uh, part of the data that I get, aside from just like academic, is we do student data as a school um, each at the like at the mid and then at the end of the year. So I get student data that I can look at. And I also give surveys to my students on a regular basis. So I use that a lot. That actually takes me into looking into my own teaching practices because the feedback that I'm, the, you know, the surveys I give my students are designed to give me feedback on my teaching practice. And so that's really important. That's not necessarily something I'm only doing at winter break though. That's something I'm doing regularly. So we take those surveys at least once per unit um, sometimes twice per unit. So I'm constantly taking my students' feedback and I'm constantly making adjustments and just tweaking things because I'm always just trying to fit their needs and, and what they want out of the class, right? It's it's their class. I'm just there to facilitate it. And then um, last, I also reflect on my expectations, my routines and procedures. I celebrate the things that are going well and I look for things that need to be tightened up expectations that maybe haven't been getting met as regularly as I would like, or maybe expectations that need to change or routines that need to change because something wasn't working during the first semester. So I try to think about things like that as well. And, um, and I think that way as I go into the next semester. Awesome. Awesome. Those are really great uh, strategies. I think um, also we, during our break period that's when we you know take time to rejuvenate but uh we also have to plan ahead um how do we prepare for the new uh, year ahead so like for example for me i do things like um create a back to school plan mm -hmm. uh, that's when i just sit down at a cafe relax and then i develop my plans for the first week of school and and what comes after that so uh, I outline specific activities, icebreakers, procedures to establish a positive and welcoming atmosphere in my classroom. And um, how will I introduce myself to my new cohort of students and set the expectations and build a sense of community within the classroom. So that, that's one of the things I do, which is to create a back-to-school plan. Um, and I think uh, during the break, it's also very important to think and reflect on the wellness goals, you know, we live in and we teach. Uh, our job is a very highly stressful uh, you know, uh, occupation. So how do we prioritize our well-being? Um, and we should do that by setting personal wellness goals for the year ahead, right? So uh, this could include maintaining a healthy work-life balance, uh, practicing stress-reducing activities, mm -hmm. and ensuring that we have time for self-care. Mm -hmm. So uh, what about you, Dustin? How do you plan ahead for the for the year? You know, I hadn't thought about reflecting on my own well-being as part of my my reset process, but I really love that you brought that that you brought it up that way because that is something that I do during winter break as I is part of a reset personally is thinking about 
where I've been out of balance and how I need to get back into balance and setting my own boundaries as I enter into a new semester. Um, in fact, last year was a place in which it was during my winter break that I really needed a, a hard reset for myself. And it's where I set boundaries like taking work email off of my phone um, or going in. Now, I was going to ask you about when you do your planning, do you set specific days or a specific amount of time that you allow yourself to do that planning for school so that during your break is also a reset for yourself and rejuvenation? Because that's something that I, that I do. I go into break saying, I want to accomplish these things. I will work on these sets of days for X number of hours. And then I do not work outside of those days or outside of those hours, whether I got that list of things done or not. I I'm, there's always time. So I prioritize it and I try to get those most important things done. And more times than not, I end up knocking everything out. But I became very particular just last winter break a year ago in setting that and being very, very dedicated to like, I'm not going to work outside of these days and outside of these times. And then once I closed my work laptop on that last day, um, it went away. And that was that. And I didn't open it again until I got to school that first day back. You know, I wasn't even checking it Sunday before going back, right? Like I was done with work and I cut it off. So I'm curious, when you do your planning, do you do anything like that? Or do you just work until you knock out your list? Okay, I'm not surprised that you, that's how you work, Dustin, because uh, having known you all this while now and knowing your background as a school leader, so I can assure our listeners, right, Dustin is a very meticulous person. He schedules, you know, his schedules are amazing. He has like three different calendars all over his walls telling him what to do next and when things happen. He's the one that keeps me on track. Yeah, so I guess that's why we work so well because I'm the polar opposite. I'm more of a feeling person, you know, a relaxed feeling. So I, I don't have such a meticulous uh, process as Dustin does. I'm, I do more of like a block scheduling. Um, so I need to do certain things which are intensive when I'm at my highest point in my energy levels. So I, I would just set aside in general, these are the things that need to get done. When do they get done? If they're not urgent, um, I can take my time. Whenever I feel like I have the energy to do them, then I take them out. Then I, I make sure I take them off after I do that. Yeah. But uh, during term time, um, when everything becomes urgent, I do block scheduling. So I would tell myself, okay, a bit like what Dustin does. So in the day, these are the time slots that I have, uh, one hour or two hour blocks of mm -hmm. time that I have, which I'm free to do certain things, then I will schedule them in. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm more structured, more focused when term time begins. But during the term break, I just have a list of things that I need to get done that I want to do. And when I feel like it, and when I have the energy for it, then I will ensure that I take it off. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's what thing. That's what I used to do. I used to just be like, here's my list of things to do during break. I'll get to it when I get to it. But what was happening to, to me, and so I I now do block schedule, right? Like I, I have a calendar that I fill out even now. I block out my days every day, uh, Monday through Friday. But I learned to, to do that. And it was because I was overdoing it during break. So I was like, oh, I've got two weeks, three weeks to get through this list of things. 
And then on day, some days I'd just wake up and be like, I don't feel like doing anything. So I wouldn't. And I kept, I was getting to a place where I was putting it off till the end of break. And then I was jamming out a bunch of things over the last few days of break. And that actually led, kept me going back to school, feeling like I didn't rejuvenate, even though more days than not, I didn't do a whole lot because I just didn't feel like it. Right. So I found that I motivated myself by scheduling it early on in my break and doing it my first couple of days and then being like, okay, now I'm, now I'm done. And, um, but I will say the other thing I, I do do that you kind of mentioned was I think about when I'm most productive. So I will, part of what will motivate, motivate me to get my work done is that I set a day aside to do, do something right. So I may wake up and be like, I don't really feel like doing it, but I said today's a work day and I need to hold myself to that. I do schedule my work in blocks of time that I know I am most productive, especially for for specific types of tasks. Because I do some tasks much better early in the morning and I do other tasks much better in the afternoons. Like I'm a lot more creative in my afternoons. I work really well with like data things and planning type things in my mornings. So knowing that about myself, depending on the task will also depend on like what day or what time of day I choose to work on something during break. Yeah, I think that's very important. Knowing ourselves, uh, our circadian rhythm, you know, when we work best, when we are most creative uh, so that we can schedule the more mental um, activities during those times. And then the less mental activities when you just need to slog through maybe things like marking you can schedule it uh, for when you are more energetic but less less uh, creative. So these are the things that we need to know about ourselves that will be very helpful. Yeah, and I think that almost took us off a little bit off of a tangent because here we started talking about our wellness during break instead of talking about how we were going to reset things. But I think well, it's also that's part of it. We, it is part of it. And I just really coming into today's episode, I was not thinking about that being part of it at all, to be honest. Like I was really thinking about school and, and my students and like what I was going to do in the second semester to get ready for I them. I, I, I'm still stuck with the, with the last semester, episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still stuck with the last episode, you know, with our guests who were talking about the wellness thing. And I think we should uh, make it just in general, I think should put their wellness more frontal because sometimes we have a lot of things on our shoulders. We think about our yep. students a lot, but we forget about ourselves. Yep. And I think that's a great point. But to um our original question about like strategies that I use to, to th be thinking about the new semester is very much like you, when I am planning for school, I am not only planning my academic lessons and I like to plan as far ahead as I possibly can. So I'm not even just thinking about the week or the first two weeks that we're back, I'm thinking about an entire next unit. And um, and then I am thinking very purposefully about how am I spending either the first week or the first two weeks, depending on my reflection of semester one, going back and actually reestablishing norms, reestablishing expectations and responses to those expectations, reestablishing culture in the classroom. So even thinking through like, what are some community building activities that I'm going to do in the second semester to, to get things going again. So almost like I would do, it's almost like a repeat of what I would do at the very start of the year, because, you know, we don't see our kids for such a long period of time. And, and really here it's between Thanksgiving and then the first of the year, right? Because we go Thanksgiving break, 
and we go back to school for like three weeks and then we go to winter break. And then all of a sudden it's, it's, you know, the first, second, third week of January. So, cause everybody goes on breaks a little, a little bit differently. Um, and I see my same students after the break. Um, you, you mentioned, do you see different students when you come back from break or do you see the same students? Cause I think that uh, that mix. impacts the way that a reset would go. Right. Yeah. A mix. Um, I do follow up classes, but at the same time, um, when, when my class graduate, then I would take the new batch of students. So then follow them up. So there's a mix of students that I, I see. Okay. Okay. Cool. So what do you do then when you go back to school? What do you do to establish connections, rebuild rapport and or build rapport with your students when you're coming back from break? Ah, okay. So this this is my checklist. Okay, listeners, I'm going to give you my secret sauce, what I've been doing for the past 20 years. Okay, so it's been refined over time. But basically, basically, this is what I do. Um, firstly, most important, uh, a warm welcome. So you bring, you begin the first day with a warm welcome, a welcoming atmosphere. Greet your students with enthusiasm, a smile. Okay, uh, perhaps even a small welcome activity or a gift on the table. I give just put chocolates on the table or something to surprise them as they walk in. Okay, number two, personal check-ins. Those are very important. So take time to personally check in with, with the students, with, with each student if you can. Ask them about their break, how exciting uh, it was, what experiences they had. Uh, because um, you will be surprised, you know, some of the students don't really come from a well-to-do background, so they may not experience mm -hmm. these things. And so you may need to take note of that. Some of the students are going everywhere, Japan, Korea, you know, but, but others are just working to support the family. So I'm glad, personal check-ins. I'm, I'm glad you yeah. said that. So, and sorry just to jump in, but I will forget no this problem. if I don't. No, but I'm really glad you said that because I think one of the things when doing a reset and coming back from break that's really important for people to remember is exactly what you said. So many people come back and ask their students like how their how their Christmas was and what what sorts of presents did you get and that sort of thing. And like it's the, like the worst thing that we could ask because we have no idea what kind of background exactly. our students are coming from. Some of our students yeah. hate break and can't wait to be back in school <laughs> while other students look forward to break, right? But for some yes. students, school is safety, school is food, school is yeah. warmth. You know, and yes. depending on where you teach and who you teach, you know, it's mm. really important to remember that our students all come from such a variety of backgrounds. And so being very conscious of how we build that rapport when we return and being careful of the questions that we ask our students as we're building that is critical. Mm. So I'm really just yeah. thank thankful you brought that up as part of your checklist. No problem. Number three, uh, after you've done your personal check-ins, you and these are the things that we sometimes forget, share your own experiences. Sometimes we forget to show the other side of us. They only see the formal teacher side, but they don't see the more human side. So share some highlights from uh, your own break or experiences. This can make you more relatable and approachable to your students, helping to bridge the gap, you know, the teacher-student uh, relationship, make it stronger. Okay. Number four, icebreaker activities. They, these are the things you know you can do your lessons haven't begun yet make it fun you know school doesn't have to be always so stressful all the time 
So um, these activities can be fun, interactive, and provide opportunities for students to share and learn more about their peers and even maybe about yourself. Okay, And while you're doing the icebreaker activities, you are also indirectly reviewing and re-establishing class norms. That's number five, class norms and expectations. Okay, And if you have time, number six, set goals together. It's good to set goals for the coming year. And number seven, celebrate achievements. Remember I said that I was looking for things to celebrate. So this is when you do it. Uh, during the break, you look for the results that the students have done. And then you celebrate it when terms begin. All right. And um, listen actively to the responses of the students. That's number nine. Okay. And if you can, um, schedule individual conferences, especially with the students who need it. Uh, maybe because of the results that you saw when you were reviewing the results, or even when they were sharing their experiences during the, the semester break, and you saw that, okay, this particular student maybe needs a little uh, shoulder to cry on or a bit more support. So schedule in those individual conferences early so you can nip any problem in the butt. Yeah, so those are the 10 things that I do. That I do. I hope I counted them correctly, though. <laughs> I think you uh, you said individual check-ins twice, so maybe your list is only nine. Oh, only nine. Okay, last one. <laughs> last one. Um, let me see. I actually have a, a whole list, so I can just pick one more. Um, <laughs> create a positive classroom environment. Yeah. So pay attention to your physical environment of, of the of the classroom. Ensure that it's inviting, organized, and conducive to learning on the first day. Positive, a positive and well-maintained space, right? Can contribute to a positive mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a year where the beginning of the year was so busy that I actually never decorated my room until going back for semester two. And so my classroom <laughs> looked completely differently when the kids came back from winter break. And they were like, why didn't you do this at the beginning of the year? I was like, because I never had the time, y'all. <laughs> but that's the fun part, Dustin. Did you do like a theme? You know, I know like we like to use like superheroes when Marvel was big and then Star Wars theme, you know, so you can have all these things. Make make the classroom a really fun place to be yeah. in. The decorating of the room was never my favorite thing. And so for many years, I've actually had students come in and do it after school and build my bulletin boards for me. I'd bring, I would bring everything in and be like, all right, like do it. And then I would just sit and work while they put my classroom together. So, um, <laughs> but I love your list because, and I've never put what I do into a list format, but if I did, it would be everything that you listed. And the only other thing that I probably do differently, or maybe not even differently, maybe just not that you mentioned is I'm always very transparent with my students about the changes that I'm making. Um, so when things are going to shift and be different, when I add a routine or I change an expectation or I adjust a teaching style, because I'm doing that based on their surveys, their feedback, their data, I'm always really transparent with them about what that's going to be. Um, and so I, I, and I will tell them like, Hey, I'm going to make these adjustments. Here's why I'm making these adjustments. I appreciate your feedback. I'm also going to keep doing these things, even though some of you voice that you'd like to see it done differently. And let me tell you like why I'm not going to do that thing. Right. And so coming back and just being real with my kids um, about the reset, I think is also an important piece. Um, and my favorite things 
is like using that sort of as a unit zero to refresh and remind about things, but then to do the community building. Like this is where I love to do activities like an escape room as we come back or some sort of like scavenger hunt activity or teamwork activity, you know, where I like to have kids like survival type things, things that are just fun yet promote collaboration and teamwork. Um, because again, that's just a, a really big part of culture building. Like I just more than anything, try to build in as many activities as I can to make students feel that they're a part of the classroom and that it's their classroom. So, and that, that goes as far as taking the time to, to ask them about their opinions and, you know, what do you want ex expectations to be? And if some of you are telling me in surveys that you're having a difficult time learning because of the behaviors of others, let's talk about what behaviors are bothering you together as a group, what you'd like to see differently out of your peers and what we can do about that together. How can you guys remind one another? And, you know, what do you want to see a response from me be, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times, activities like that and just conversations like that help to curb other behaviors that were happening during the first semester because more times than not, peers don't want to let their peers down. They may not care about whether they're letting their teacher down or not, but they often, when their peers say that something's bothering them more times than not, kids will hear, hear each other. So I think that's also a, an important part of, of what I do when I'm resetting. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And Basically, from what I can see, um, we have quite a substantial list or checklist of things that we do when uh, we reconnect with the students. But one of the areas I think that's very, very important is this aspect of uh, establishing and reinforcing you no know, classroom expectations and culture at the beginning of the new semester. Because the way that you establish and reinforce your classroom culture, right, or expectations, right, uh, will resonate throughout the whole year. So mm -hmm. it is important to start from the beginning. What do you think about that, uh, Dustin? Yeah, I agree completely. Earlier, you mentioned about coming back on day one and greetings and greeting your students and being friendly um, and, and asking them about their experiences and how their break was and whatnot. And I think I think that that's very important. So even being at the door, greeting students as they come in is absolutely one of the norms that I have um, because I believe that we make our own weather in the classroom. We can, Our classroom is what we want it to be. So the energy that we bring every single day impacts our students. So if we show up and we're in a bad mood, and our, then our students are going to sense that vibe and you're not going to have a good day. I can, and I do know, I told you I'm very transparent with my students. If something happens in my day and I'm frustrated and I haven't had a chance to reset, I will straight up tell my kids like right away at the start of class, I will just say, Hey, I'm not having a good day today. I just need to put that out there right now. <laughs> like, please know and give me some grace today. I need it. I'm sorry, but I'm being real with you. And those are actually end up being some of the best days that I have simply because I am being transparent about my feelings with my kids when I'm down and they sense and they know, and then they do what they can to try to like lift me back up. And a lot of times when I, when I have those moments, that's exactly what happens. They end up lifting me back up and I'm not where I was when that 
class period or that day began, right? Um, but I have found that the days when I haven't been transparent and I've been kind of moody and we all have those days, those are some of my worst days because my students feed off of my mood. Um, and I think we can, the same thing can happen when our kids come in and they're having a mood, we can either allow that to impact us or not. And so part of all of this reset is recognizing that for ourselves and recognizing that in our students. Like if you do have student students who give you anxiety or stress on a regular basis, thinking about that during break and trying to think about ways that you can, that that can be curbed, that you could work with that student coming back. So I think those one-on-one -on -one conversations you talked about are really important to help establish that. But otherwise it's right back to routines and expectations, right? So it's these, this, this is the way this classroom operates. Like, yes, I know you just did it for a semester, but we're going to review all of my expectations anyways, because Lord knows you forgot most of them while you were gone. So let's just, I do a full review of every routine that is in our class. We remind each other. We may, and we we just I a lot of times we'll use the same lessons that I did to set up routines, procedures, and expectations at the beginning of the year. I will bring it right back and do the exact same thing to start the second semester. Um, because I want to start strong with the structure that we need for the success that we need in the second half of the year. Because the second half of the year is really where it's at, right? Like that's where we test. That's it. Like that's where we test. <laughs> That's where the big, that's where the big measurements happen. And so the second half of the year yeah. is really important for everybody to, to have taken steps forward and, and to begin that growth process much more than semester one. Right. Yes. Yep. How about you? Uh, How do you go back to reinforcing all those classroom expectations and routines? Okay. Uh, before that, I think one thing that you mentioned very, that is, that resonates with me is the part where you say that, um, you know, sometimes we are not in the mood to teach. Um, and then teachers feel this guilt that we are not in the mood to teach because that's our job to teach, that we are teachers, we should be teaching. Um, and that, and even like um, leadership is uh, important because sometimes school leaders expect us to leave our baggage outside the mm. classroom when we come in, but that's not how humans work, <laughs> right? So I guess um, that's what we try to do. If you can, you leave whatever baggage you have outside the classroom and you come in, you're a teacher. But if you can't, don't be guilty about it. Don't feel guilty about it. Sometimes like what Dustin did is good. You talk about it with the class, right? Um, if you if it's not overly sensitive, you know, you can say, hey, today something really uh, made me feel bad. Um, can we brainstorm how we can help me solve this problem? So you're turning it into like a teachable moment. Right, so the class sometimes you you know when you bring in a bit of authenticity into the classroom, it really engages the class, it motivates the class, and these students really want to try to help you, <laughs> so they really give you very good ideas, and you yeah. never know some of the students may be facing something similar to what you are facing, and doing this helps them as well, right? Um, and of course, if it's really really bad, um, what I do is just I will go to my stash of um uh, extra worksheets that I've created during the break. Uh, that's why another thing to add to the list, create your emergency stash of extra <laughs> worksheets. You know, sometimes you just need to turn to them because either you're sick, you can't be in school, somebody has to take over your class, so at least there's some work for the students to do. Or when for times like this, 
to take something interesting for the class um, or like a comprehension exercise and just say, okay, class, today we're doing a comprehension exercise. Please complete this piece of work. Then you can sit at your table and reflect, <laughs> meditate, and get back into your zone. Yeah, so that's the bit that I want to talk about um, what you mentioned earlier. Um, regarding this uh, addressing, reinforcing classroom expectations and uh, culture, I think um, once you've set the classroom culture, right, um, and that's where your classroom decor comes in as well, the theme of the class. Yeah, so sometimes like uh, for us last year, we had a theme of like superheroes. Then on our walls, we have all the superheroes. We'll have Thor, Wonder Woman, Superman. And then we link those characters to values that we want to have in the class. See, yep. And then we link them to goals that we want to achieve in the class. And then when they come, every time when they come to the class, so I would just say today you got to be tall, right? You got to be persistent. You got to push through the lesson. It's going to be tough, but you can do it because you're a superhero. Okay. And, and then um, you're reinforcing it in a fun and interesting manner. Rather than you go into class and say, okay, class, remember today what we're doing? Number one, we'll be persisting. Number two, we'll be questioning. Number three, we'll be doing feedback. Okay. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Right, so you got to bring more fun and excitement into the class. So basically, that's uh, something that you can consider. I like the linking of the superheroes to the values. That's a, a yes. cool way to be like, you know, I really want to see your Superman today, and know that yes. that means their grit or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I like that. Very nice. So I so, think we have covered quite a fair bit today. Um, yeah. We've gone through um, introducing the the what we did for the the break period and reflecting on the successes and challenges of the previous semester. We've done the planning for success, uh, what we can do during our winter break to make it fruitful, um, and of course to rejuvenate. That don't forget about that rejuvenating ourselves during the winter break, uh, and then how do we reconnect? with students when we are back in the classroom. So the checklist of things that you can do. And of course, the setting of the uh, classroom culture and expectations and how to really turn it into a culture. That means something that's in their DNA of the class. So when they come into the classroom, they're ready to learn and you are ready to teach. Those are things that are important that we have covered. Do you have anything to add, Dustin? No, sir. You have summarized it quite nicely. It was a really wonderful conversation to get back to doing this. So really As glad always. to be back at it and excited yes. to keep, keep producing some more. Yeah. I hope we have thawed out enough, thawed out, uh, you know, <laughs> melted the icicles enough to really get this going again for this year. And we have some uh, really exciting episodes planned ahead, right? Our next episode comes out on January 29th, and we will be dealing with building relationships and community. Uh, Dustin, do you have anything, any surprises in hand for that? Hopefully we will have our next guest for that episode as well. Ah. And then um, as we are looking ahead, we're looking to hopefully have guests for our next, um, you know, few episodes here. So, um, unfortunately for this one, it didn't work out, but it was nice to come back from our little hiatus and just have the two of us. But now moving forward, uh, hopefully we're going to have a guest with us every single episode. So I think that that's super exciting and, uh, I'm really, 
looking forward to talking to more teachers. So if there's anybody out there listening and you would like to talk about a topic, you should definitely yes. hit us up because we would love to have you on to chat with us and be another teacher talking. Yeah, more teachers talking. <laughs> Always a good thing. All okay, right, well, so thank you, that... everybody, for listening. Ghazali, thank you. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, see you again in two weeks' time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.